lot of Bibles on my podium today. That's not an accident. doesn't mean you're getting four different sermons. I just need different uh, translations this morning. Now, when you read the Bible, if you read the Bible, you will find that there are four different stories of Jesus. They're called the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four people tell the story of Jesus. Now, Matthew and Luke start with the Christmas story. Jesus is born. Our kids awesomely read the Gospel of Luke. Read the whole story for us, didn't they? They did a great job. Guys did a great job. Great job. Um, so, so Matthew and Luke tell the Christmas story. Mark just skips it. Mark's like, ah, he started preaching. He just skips the whole Christmas story. But John does something really weird. John, like arguably Jesus' best friend. Like John, the disciple who Jesus loved. Doesn't start with the birth of Christ. He goes way before the birth of Christ. Now, in most of our, with all of our lives, okay. I didn't exist until I was born right? There was no Ernesto. A man met a woman, and they fell in love, and from that union came me. And then I, I'm in the world. I'm born. I'm alive. Ah, I, I, we all came in the world through that way. We, we weren't here, and then we were here. And we, what, we bear the resemblance of our parents, right? Like we, like, you might have their hair. You might have their smile, their eyes, their ears, their talents. I actually, I met my dad when I was 30 years old. And when I met my dad, I never met the guy, I didn't know him. The weirdest thing was we had the same walk. Even though I never met the guy, there was these genetic things that were passed on, right? So our story begins when we were born. That's when our story begins. But Jesus' story is different than our story. Jesus' story does not start on the day of his birth because Jesus was alive before he was born. And John starts there. John says in 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So John starts off all like weird. Not a baby, not, a, not, not Bethlehem, not a manger, not cows or sheep. He starts at the beginning of the world. He goes, man, in the beginning of all things, the word was there. We're like, well, who this, who's the word? Like, well, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. He goes, in the beginning, the word was there. Okay, the word's in the beginning. And the word, this eternal word, is hanging out with God. Okay, so I have God and the word hanging out together at the beginning of time. Pretty easy to understand. The third line is the crazy line. So imagine, if I say there was Nesto, and Nesto and Tony were hanging out, Easy to understand. If you, if you then say, and Nesto is Tony, that's the, that part doesn't make any sense, does it? So he says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word is with God, and the Word was God. And in that simple three-phrase sentence, John says, man, my boy Jesus, he's more than a prophet, he's more than a teacher, he's more than a miracle worker, 
He is the eternal God. He existed before he was born, existed eternally in the heavens. The Jesus we worship is more than a baby. Before he was a baby, he was alive. Before he was a baby, he reigned in the heavens. As Christians, we worship Jesus. We believe that Jesus whom we worship his life did not begin on Christmas Day. He was alive long before that. So what is Christmas then? So the Word is in the beginning. The Word's with God. The Word is God. But then John 1.14, it says this. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This eternal Word, exalted in the heavens, worshipped by angels, ruling all creation, this eternal Worshipped word came down to earth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, I want to read a few different versions for you to get a feel what this means. I'm going to read the Amplified, and it says this. Amplified Bible says, And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. So, the word became flesh and lived among us, and the word in Hebrew is the word tabernacle. The word Jesus, eternal in the heavens, beca he became flesh and blood, and he tabernacled among us. He made his tent among us. Now, the tabernacle is a pretty cool idea. Now, I don't think, I'm not Hebrew. I don't think many of you are Hebrew. But in the Hebrew world, they had a thing called the tabernacle, a tent. See, the Jews lived in the desert for a long time. They lived in tents. They, they wandered from slavery in Egypt to the promised land. And in that in-between time, they lived in tents for 40 years. In the Hebrew faith, they have a, they have a, um, a feast. The Feast of Tabernacles, where they live in a tent for a week to remember where they came from. Pretty cool holiday. Camp for a week. Sorry, boss, I can't come in. I got to go camping for a week. It's for the Lord. Uh, but um, but they, that's the Feast, the feast of Tabernacles. But the thing is, the tabernacle was just like, so you have all these tents in the desert. In the middle of the tents, there's a big tent. God's tent. And when they make it and build it, and they pray over it and signify it to his name, it says the glory. Remember, the, you heard the story of the cloud by day, the fire by night? That's like the visible glory of God. And when they build this tabernacle, God's presence dwells in that tent. Now, they lived in the desert, which means it was dark, and not city dark. The city dark, we have light pollution, right? If any of you are from the country or have ever gone camping, you see the real dark, right? The no light dark, the desert dark. That dark is scary. My wife grew up in the woods. She grew up in the Thumb of Michigan on a Christmas tree farm. And when I'd go visit her, sometimes I'd stay at a cabin a mile, is it a half mile? Quarter mile down the driveway from her house. Quarter mile, no lights, no street lamps, no neighbors, dirt road. Some days I would hang out at the, the big Sims house in the, in, in the back of the property at the walk back alone to the front cabin. It was the scariest walk of my life. <laughs> Quarter mile in the dark. Trees on both sides. There could be bears in there or something. <laughs> but 
my point is this. In the real dark, before electricity, when the darkness came, the world shut down. Farmers went to bed. That's the way it was for a long time. Well, imagine being a Hebrew boy in the desert, in the dark, dark, but in the middle of camp, there was a light, a light coming out of God's tent, and you knew God is with us. As we travel in this scary place, God walks with us. He lives with us. He's on our side. God tabernacled among the Israelites. And it says here, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Christmas means that Jesus, who was in the heavens, made his tent down here with us. In the message, I, I love this translation, it says this. John 1, 14. It says this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. That's the point of Christmas. God, who was far away, moved in. He moved onto our street. When I first came to Flint, I, I came here, was walking around, learning the city. And uh, my wife and I made a commitment very quickly. We knew whatever we do, we're going to live in the city limits. We want to go through what our city goes through. We don't want to be outside the city watching, going, it's crazy in there. I'm going back to Davidson. So we, we live in the city. I remember one day I was in line for water back during the water crisis when it was at its peak. I'm in line for water, and a guy I know from uh, Carriage Town sees me. He goes, Pastor, what are you doing in the water line? I'm like, my water's bad too, fool. <laughs> he wasn't a fool. I'm being, I'm being ridiculous. But the point is this. He was like, oh, man, you're one of us, yo. I'm, I'm with, we're, we're together in this suffering. Jesus said, like, I'm going to come down and move into your neighborhood. There's a, my, my, me and my family, the most watched channel in my house is not Netflix. It's not HBO Max. It's not ABC or CBS. Kids, what's the most watched channel in our house? YouTube. She knew. YouTube is the most watched channel in my house. I watch a lot of YouTube. I will find a video and I will just like fall into a YouTube hole and watch like 15 videos on like, I don't know, how to fix the dishwasher. Like it's crazy. I watch all kinds of about one thing. And I, I, as I watch all these videos, I sometimes get in this one weird mood where I watch videos that make you cry. I'll just turn it on. I'm like, bring it. Like it's a challenge. Like what do you got? And there was this one video I saw once where, uh, there's a husband and wife. She's sitting down in front of a mirror. He's behind her. And she's about to shave her head. Um, so for those of you who don't know children, there's sometimes there's a sickness you can get that is so, the, the, the treatment for the sickness makes you so sick, your hair falls out. So sometimes, so sometimes um, ladies, instead of letting it fall out little at a time, they'll just shave their whole head bald. So she's sitting down trying to shave her head, and so he has the clippers, and they start shaving her head. And it's sometimes, it's, 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 it can be a very dramatic thing for a woman, very emotional. And they shave her head, and she's done. She looks at herself, and he just, and he, he, the husband, he just, he helps. He's, he's the one, he's the barber. And as soon as he's done, he just goes to his own head. And she starts weeping. 
And I'm watching, I'm like, I'm not going to cry. Because what he's doing, he's like, honey, I know you got to go through this thing. For the next year of your life, you're going to have no hair, but I'm going to be with you in this. I'm cutting off all my hair so you know you're not alone walking through this hard time. A very beautiful picture of being with someone in their suffering. This is the point of Christmas. God said, I'm coming down there to be with you. I'm coming, I'm moving into your neighborhood so you know you're not alone. Listen, we can't get to God. We can't climb to heaven. So heaven comes down. Heaven comes down. The word becomes flesh. He, listen, you ever felt afraid? Jesus felt fear. You ever been let down by your friends? Jesus asked his buddies to stay awake with him and pray. They all fall asleep. Jesus has been through the things. Fear and just betrayal. His, one of his best friends knifes him in the back. He has been there before. He knows what it's like. When we go to Christ in prayer, we don't go to someone who has never been where we live. We go to someone who has felt what we felt and can therefore, therefore, identify with our suffering and walk with us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. The Word became fleshed and moved into our neighborhood. And what does that do? I go to verse 16. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. From Jesus coming down to live here, he brought the love of God into our neighborhood. The word grace is a funny word. I used to, live, I used to work at a church down in Waterford, Michigan. And we had uh, the lights in, in the front of our church were all burnt out, the city lights. And we called the city workers. You could treat our lights. They would never do it. For three years, they didn't like us because we had been butts years before. But they just wouldn't fix our lights for us. But one day, a guy, so one day there's a guy on the ice. He's kind of late in the season, ice fishing, and he falls through the ice. And some dude saves his life. Comes out there on the ice. They do the whole like human chain laying out. They get him. They pull him out of the ice. They save his life. This dude who got saved was on the county commissioner board. And the dude that saved him was a deacon in my church. So the guy asked him after the fact. He goes, hey, man, what can I do for you? Anything. And he's like, fix the lights in front of my church. Next day, light, baby. Let there be light. Now, that was not grace, Okay. That was, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. That's how the world usually works. I hook you up, you hook me up. Grace is different. Grace is going to Starbucks, waiting in line, ordering your weird, too many worded drink that we all order. <laughs> my wife has to tell me every time we go what her thing is. It's like, uh, hold on, I'm going to try it. It's a I can't do it. It's a half-calf or a decaf. Mocha. Crap. Okay, I'm out. So you go to Starbucks, you order your thing. Now imagine you go there, and the person behind the counter, you go, I want this, this, this half-calf mocha, mochaccino thing. I want it. 
usually costs, what, $4.50 for a drink at Starbucks? It's brutal. And the person just goes, hey, don't worry about it. You're my favorite. You're like, I don't even know you. Uh, I got you. You're like, okay, I got a free drink today. And you go, you go home, and you go drive in your car, and you're like, free drink, best drink. Go the next day. Same person's working. You go in line, get there, oh, dude, what's up? I want to order my thingy thing. And they're like, free for you always. You're like, why are you so nice to me? You don't know me. I'm a nobody. I've done nothing to deserve your favor. That is grace. Unearned, unmerited kindness. Jesus coming is God saying, man, I don't owe you guys nothing. You're not even asking for my help, and I'm still coming to get you. You haven't, I'm coming down there to bring you home. That is the grace that Jesus brings. He brings hope and love and God's favor. This is why Christmas matters to us, because Jesus comes to bring the love of God to all. The, the angels say the words, we bring you good, new, good news of great joy for all the people. Red and yellow, black and white, men and women, old and young. Jesus comes for everybody, bringing God's wonderful kindness to whoever will receive it. Let me tell you how good this grace is. Let me tell you how good this grace is. There are people in our world that society turns their back on. People who society says, they broke our rules, let them rot. For example, those in jail or in prison. We're like, ah, let them rot in prison. There are people in this room right now who God reached when they were behind bars and God changed their lives. They sit here with us a new person, a new creation in Christ. Our society looks down on addicts, those who are addicted to alcohol or some substance abuse. Society says, let them, dude, I heard an ambulance driver once say, someone had OD'd on opiates and Narcan saved their life and the ambulance driver said, man, you should just let them die. In their minds, one less addict on the street. Here's the fact of the matter. In this room right now are people who are ex-addicts, and God is changing their life right now. Amen. We have our Friends Life Challenge in the house. Brother, you told me this on Tuesday. How many days you got clean right now, man? Eight days clean. God bless it. The Lord brings grace. Someone has a lot more than that. Anyone have more than eight? How many you got? What do you got? Four months, three days. Four months, three days? That's awesome. My boy Mike, 20 days clean. I mean, these things, listen, the Lord does not give up on people. The coming of the Christ, Christ brings this hope saying, listen, the world may count you out. I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to bring you home. I'm going to bring you out of the cold. This is the hope of Christmas. But here's the deal. The Christ has come. 
Christ has come. And all that's left for the lost, bumbling, fumbling children of the earth is to receive what he has come to do. Christ has come. He loves me and he died that I may live. And all the way anyone enters into God's family is an act of faith and trust. I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't do it. Jesus, save my soul. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ who is the Lord. A Savior, a Deliverer. My Deliverer is coming. My Deliverer is standing by. And all it takes for us to enter, in, to enter into that is to receive that gift. I hope if you're here, you're not too proud not to receive this gift. I was at the homeless shelter last night at Carriage Town, talking about um, being a stubborn mule of a man. I thought about how I hate kneeling down. Like I remember once when I first moved from Flint to Waterford, I got jumped by some kids, like 11 or 12 guys. And uh, I was eighth grade, you know. And before the beatdown, they said to me, Ernesto, if you kneel down and kiss my shoe, we won't beat you up. Now, it's one versus 12, okay? It's a decent deal, right? Kneel, kiss a shoe, no beat up. And I just say to the guy, I'm like, these are new pants, man. And those guys beat my head. In. But uh, I was so stubborn. I'm not kneeling. I, I, I literally grabbed onto a tree and held it. Like, I'm not kneeling for nobody. I'm, I'm crazy. Crazy. Then I hear the gospel of Jesus. Jesus, our, Jesus is the king. For unto us this day is born in the city of David, Christ, our, a savior, Christ our Lord, Christ our king. And one day, walking home from school, I kneeled in an empty field. I knelt before the Lord God of heaven. I'm like, Lord, I can't do it. They tell me you love sinners. If you will have me, I'm yours forever. And it changed my life. I hope you have the humility and the courage and the desperation and the understanding of mine to kneel before the Lord and call upon his name. For his word says, if you call upon my name, you will be saved. That is the hope of Christmas. That anybody can come into this family. Anybody. As we end our time together, I want to end it with a song of joy. I'm going to invite our kids to come back up. Our kids are going to sing us out. Do I have to unmute this or is it all good? Okay, it's all good. They're going to sing us a song and we're going to pray. And that's going to be so good. Guys, come on, come around. Like, uh, like, come closer to the mic. Come on. Come on. Yep, yep. All right, I put it in your hands.